Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right. Welcome back to The Handmade Podcast, episode 22. Double deuces. Double deuces. We've made it here. It's unbelievable. My name is Chris Epp. We're here with Paul Pinto and Derek from Malden. Uh-huh. It's been a very busy couple of weeks. It's it been like been. kind of a week and a half, a week and a half since we recorded because we were trying to get back on schedule. Um, and in that time, a lot has happened. And I think, considering that the uh, square footage of Derek's shop was reduced the most, we'll talk about what Derek's been up to and what he just got first. Derek, <laughs> let's hear it. Uh, it's funny you said that because I had a million before anybody asked me like the questions about what it was they said where's it going you know <laughs> and so a lot of people didn't realize i have another wing in the in the basement it's a wing the, it's the west wing uh, it's, that's um, the tunnel you dug under the neighbor's house right yeah yeah that was the area where all the junk resided that was in the shop originally and got placed there when i got the cnc and never got moved so it was kind of the dumping ground for everything extra. So that had to be evacuated real quick um, because I, I'm housing for a friend, a laser cutter. And, um, you know, it's funny. I put that online and uh, everybody's like, you know, they want to know who the friend was, but I told them it was none of their business. But, um, no, it's just funny. I, you know, I got home. So I picked up a laser cutter. I don't know what size it is. It's big, though. And, um it wouldn't fit through my door and we were going to have a blizzard or nor'easter. So I had to figure something out quick. So I spent the night taking the thing apart and luckily my son and myself were able to wiggle it through the door in a couple pieces. My wife had to help out and it was quite the, quite the show, but um, I got it in. I trying to figure out where a lot of stuff needs to go now because all the stuff that was dumped there needs to go somewhere. And then, I don't know. It's just kind of a mess down here, but I got it in. It's operational. It's not running correct. It needs to be adjusted. It, it got bounced around a little bit on the way home from New York, but um, it's, you know, it's fully functional. And so I'm excited about it, but I'm just like, I want it, you know, working uh, yesterday. You know, I, I had to order a couple of things for it online and those are coming in this week and hopefully I get somebody coming to help me set it up. So hopefully it will be working soon. So that's my uh, story and I'm sticking to it. That's very exciting. Well, the, the, uh, we can, we can expose the, the, the origins of the laser. Um, <laughs> so that laser belonged to some friends of mine and they offered it up to me. I mean, it had to be like close to a year ago. Mm, yeah. Um, I was thinking friend that. Of mine, yeah. They have a really incredible 3d printing company. Um, these two young guys, I, I think they're like, I think, they're both like under 30 
if uh-huh. I had to guess. And they do 3D printing, 3D modeling, and laser cutting, um, just sort of freelance. And they do some of the craziest 3D printing. Derek and I were oh, looking yeah. at their printers. They do the the resin printing. And like Paul, like some of the stuff they have looks like, I mean, it, it's funny because it, it was cast out of one piece, like in liquid, but like it's so flawless. Yeah. And some of the detail, they do 3D scanning too. And they were showing us some like bodies of, of people that they 3D scan and then printed. Oh, and wow. it's like oh, unbelievable yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, they actually just did the, uh, the Islanders have a new stadium at the Belmont racetrack and they, they were commissioned to build a scale model of the stadium. That's about like five feet wide. Oh, it's wow. Like, it's amazing. They, they 3d printed it in pieces. They, they, whatever glue it together, they sand all the ridges. It's just really cool. So they had offered me this laser. Um, and they were saying, you know, it was something like they bought it when they, when they were kind of first starting out and then they upgraded to like a, $25,000 epilogue laser. And I was trying to figure out a way to fit it in my shop. And I just was like, you know what, there's, it just was going to take up too much room and I didn't think I was going to use it enough. So, um, but I need it cause I have, I want to do those, those marking knives that you guys saw. Um, and I really want to do leather sheaths for them. So I was like, Oh, perfect. I'll get the laser. I can cut all the leather sheaths on it, but I just didn't have a place to facilitate it. So me and Derek came to the agreement where if it lived in Massachusetts, it would be easier for me to have him just cut the freaking sheets uh-huh. and I could just get them from him in like one USPS flat rate box and he can use it for his sign work and I can get my project out of it. So I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Well, when Chris says they 3d print, I don't think he's doing that really any justice. They, it's not like they're in there with these little printers, like going like, scanning these little things like this is like printing doodads like yeah, the like shit one is, i had basically yeah, a, no, a glue gun yeah, on steroids yeah, yeah no they're not like hair spraying the bed and oh like, yeah waiting for the thing to come up this thing uh, it, it's crazy i mean i don't want to say too much because i don't know how much of it well their business is like public but it's like um you know they have they're on instagram i'll let chris decide if he wants to share it, whatever oh but, yeah um, absolutely i'll share we'll, we'll share their instagram uh, okay show yeah. notes this video i i, I repost their stuff on instagram sometimes too okay a lot all of their right, work right. is yeah. very private um yeah, they do the stuff they share uh is all just as amazing as the work that they yeah. can't share they they do these pro the different processes like you said they 3d print but then they also jeff fader will not get that noise can you hear that? What? Oh my God! What's that? Water heater or something? Fuck! Why'd you have to ruin it, Paul? Oh, well, that's the, that was like that's my first steam, yeah. Because I listen, I, I lived in New York for a year. Sorry, Jeff, he ruined it. So, anyway, <laughs> those clicking. So, uh, Jeff knows he's a New York City yeah, guy. That's right, right. That's right. So next week we'll have another one. But anyways, they do this thing where they take um, foil and they basically hold on. Thank God for Nest thermostats. I'm shutting that off. Um, they take foil and they just like bond it to the 3d print. So it looks like it's a Chrome piece. It's, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's on their Instagram. You'll see it's a set of hands. Like they're together, like they're praying or something, but Mm -hmm. um, they they just, it's, it's unbelievable. This thing, it's like the size of a refrigerator, one of the printers. And um, it's just, it's just amazing. I can't wait to go back down there. I've been talking with one of the guys online and, um, I, I just want to get back there. And I was telling Paul about it. I said, it just, it's, it's not like anything you've seen before. It's just over the top, like 3d printing. It's just, uh, yeah, 
it's just crazy. So that's that's where we were. I gotta follow yeah. him. That sounds yeah, crazy. Very yeah. cool. They, it's it's like uh, and it and it's it's eye opening too because if it ever came up where like I mean obviously it's this is like super high quality three D printing so it's it's not it's like enterprise level three D printing it's not like oh let me let me have them print a part for me oh. but if anything ever came up where you had a client that said oh you know I want this uh, this part and who am I going to manufacture it? Like just knowing that someone like that exists and is as accessible as they are, um, is awesome. And one of the things that they showed us when we were there were these, they have this 3d printer that'll print in metal. And Paul, they were like the powdered metal where it's like metal in the like plastic. No, this is metal. No, like, no, this like is it's, yeah, metal, yeah, like fusion, yeah. like welding almost. Pretty oh, much. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. And they showed us this part that was like, it almost looked like, uh, it kind of looked like a piece of coral almost. It was like this very delicate part. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if they've shared, I know they've shared the process of them printing the metal on their story, but I don't know if they've shared any photos of it because they're, they're, it's going to be perfect. Otherwise, it's, they're not going to share it. You know, oh, like yeah. they, when they were showing us the parts, they were like, we're not there yet. But I mean, you're holding this part in your hand and you're thinking like, oh, this is cool. And then you think about it and it's stainless steel. Wow. It's heavy. Oh, and yeah. It would be in, like not impossible to make, but like it would be like, you know, days like of a carving to make it. 10 axis CNC. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like so many undercuts in this. It was just wild. And, uh, you know, I mean, the applications of it are unbelievable. You know, like you, what you could make out of it and what you could do. And what they were saying was it's being brought into like the aerospace industry because now they're able to 3D print parts that are almost done. And then a machinist can go and do the final passes. Oh, but you save all that I see. Machining. Mm. It's really interesting. Oh, that's stuff. such a good idea. No, yeah, no yeah. waste. Because instead of taking yeah. a big, humongous block of aluminum and wasting, you know, ninety percent of the material, even mm. like a rim. Like, think about what it takes to when they have like machined, like car rims. Mm. The block of metal oh, yeah. they start with, and then like yeah. what they end up with is that's oh, crazy. Yeah. But I'd like to see that metal printer in action and know like the science behind it. Because I'm trying to think, like, figure out how that would even work. But that also made me think of that. You know that stuff, that thing that I always see a bomb doing. Yeah, with the um the spray welded weld. spray weld. Yeah. What the hell is that? Like, I I mean, I, I feel know. like I should know, but like, how does it stick? And yeah. how does it actually it's work? And like, so hot. I know, I know, but it's I, it's hitting a big cold piece of metal. Like, I know the the actual you know powder in, that's yeah. in the air is hot because it's going into a flame. But it's like amazing that it actually sticks. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like weld spatter. It's that funny. sticks. I guess I don't know. They, um, these guys like the. the just the whole space was just like amazing. And I said to them, I said, do you guys call this work? You know, cause it was just like such a cool place. Like each area was like, one was like, they were building like, um, like forms for like, uh, casting things like kind of like what Scott Grove does those big forms. Then they had like a big woodworking shop with a five by 10 CNC. Then they had these crazy 3d printers. Then they had the laser cutters. Then they had the paint booths. They had, they had it all. It was like, wow. it was like a, a dream job. It was just like a bunch of kids just hanging out, making cool shit. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, people just hire them. It's like, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Like places, like you said, like places like that exist, you know, it's just, it's so strange, nondescript building and uh, you know, just mm-hmm. really, really cool. So. Yeah, these guys uh, are, you know, pretty much partnered with the company that I do all that armature welding for. So when I go and weld inside the sculptures, they're in the same uh, they're in the same building. 
that's uh, owned by a friend of mine's uh, father. And then they, they're basically converting it one bay at a time. They're going to convert it into this like big kind of workspace. And Derek got to see, they want me to move my shop there. Yeah. And uh, uh, they have the room for me. Like I could have a 5,000 square foot shop there with a loading dock. How much? It. it would be affordable. Really? Uh, in Brooklyn? Well, it's in, it's in Queens. Yeah. Oh, it's in Queens. And it would be like, I mean, I think if I were to move in there, because I, 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 there's a difference between <laughs> my level of build out and their level of build out. Like they just spent a ton of money putting in these like infrared heaters. Yeah. You know, running gas lines and all this That's stuff. That's what I got to do now. I'm like, I'm all set with that, dude. Like I'd begin my 5,000 feet with two pairs of long johns on because I'm not spending money on no infrared heaters. But uh, no, um, it's, it's, oh my God. it's the kind of thing where like, you know, I have to, but I'd have to work, like I got to work full time in my shop and then I yeah. can work, you know, cause it's like a 35 minute commute with no traffic, you know, yeah. um, it's, it, it's in a great location though. And Derek, I don't know, you, you didn't see it, but like four blocks from there is a home depot like you could walk to yeah. Home Depot, yeah. which is really wow, nice wow. um and it's close to new york city it's close to long island it's close to the bridge so um it's not what i pictured that's for sure yeah no it's like very cool and everything it's just such a great spot yeah and i think that like you know i don't know we don't know what the future holds but before uh before anything went you know uh too far where i wouldn't have an opportunity to get in there I would definitely take a, a look at it because they've been pretty busy despite all this COVID stuff. And I think uh, if we, they always say like if we joined forces, we could take over the uh, New York City art fabricating world. But mm. um, as long that's, as we deal with the clients, that's like my thing too. Like I was thinking more so than having a shop. I was thinking like just to collaborate, like to have mm-hmm. like this. So I know you do a lot with them, but I'm sure there's so much you miss out on just because you're not there. Like just to have access to like that equipment and those yeah those resources yeah it's just unbelievable it would just be like just that is pretty cool you got a lot of different options to where you got you know vermont you got i know dude long island now you got queens it goes both ways with them especially too because they like their art they're art builders through and through like they're casting experts there's like they're untouchable in that. That's such an interesting concept Dude, to me. I, I never knew it's that. It's like an thing. artist, some artists can't even make their own art. Like they just think of it and they just paste it. Like that shouldn't even be allowed. Some of them can't even like, think of it. Yeah. Like they were yeah. there. Cause like, I don't, I, I mean, I'm from that world. Like that's the background that I come from, you know, like I worked for this artist with Serena, who's one of the people there right out of college, you know, like building this guy's art. And he sold it for millions and millions. But did he like run the show and kind of help you like orchestrate everything or he didn't have a clue? Honestly, dude. He, he, you know, he had made his own stuff and he knew what we were doing, but like they get clients that come in that don't even have a drawing. They just go, I really want a a lamp that's, you know, I'm not going to expose any of the stuff they actually do, but let's just say for for argument's sake, they'll say like, I want a lamp that's made out of, out of, out of uh, fall leaves. And uh-huh. my friends will go, okay, you know, how big do you want it to be? They they had like drawings of stuff that wasn't even created that they have to figure out how to create. And I asked the question and, you know, like I said, I might be stupid. I, I don't know, but it's funny to back up a little bit. So when we discussed that art before, I had a couple people reach out to me, but I've been talking back and forth with this guy. I think he's in the UK who, it sounds like he works in a space just like that he uh mm-hmm. he fabricates art for this famous artist in england i believe yeah. he is 
And I was like, I can't believe that's a thing, you know? And when you think about it, like I knew like these famous painters, they have people who work in their studios and stuff. But then when I seen it on this level, like this kid was showing me drawings of stuff that's not even created. They had to make it. I said, at this point, who's the artist? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you tell me. And I was kind of like blown away. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, I just, I, I didn't know that was really a thing like that. You go somewhere and you'd be like, be like hey can you make this for me like i'm an mm-hmm. artist I, I i don't know but it, if you don't have the skill to make it like why are you getting the cra- i guess you thought of it but like it sounds to me like it, 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 i guess there's like a spectrum but it sounds to me like some of the people that come in there like really have a real loose concept and like most of the thought and the design is done by these guys like like I know it's probably, you know, a lot of these big artists have probably a ton of people working for them, but I have a feeling, you know, a lot of them are in there, you know, orchestrating everything, making all the decisions. Mm-hmm. Like if you just go in there and you like don't have a clue what you, you just have a loose concept and you just let these people just like, that's like, that's, that's like bullshit. Like that doesn't even, that shouldn't count. Yeah. You shouldn't get it's to like sell at an art gallery yeah. is yours. You should have to list all the other people that freaking made the mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Well, it's like um, one of the projects that I that I do with them often is we weld armatures for this guy. His name is Austin Lee, and um, so the way he draws his work and Derek, that was that like kind of bubbly one that was uh-huh. in the booth getting sanded. And I don't know if Eric told you this while we were there, but the way he makes his work is he has VR goggles and he has an app where he holds what looks like a giant crayon. And in virtual reality, he draws his sculptures with like this giant like. Imagine if you could spray foam and have it suspend in air where you oh, spray it. Oh, wow. So he draws his art in in virtual reality. It's like Minecraft. 3D. <laughs> yeah, he draws his art virtual reality in 3D, and he paints it in virtual reality. So he draws the bodies, and then he stands back from it, and then he gets like the spray gun button, and then he's like blasting paint on it. And this is all done in virtual reality. Then he exports the 3D model, and then Eric... And Serena and whoever else they have doing this, take that model and then they convert that model into a printable file. Then they print that file in pieces, get it back to the studio, assemble it, sand it so that it looks just like the 3D model. Then he comes back and paints it himself the way that he painted it in virtual reality. So I think in that sense, like, Yes, he is missing the gap of like the actual making yeah, of it. No, but, oh, yeah, but that's, that's yeah, different. That's yeah, yeah, he yeah, he's, made he's it. Like, he made is, it yeah. virtually, and then he painted it. So like, there's a lot of people and a lot of steps between the the putting on the VR glasses and it getting into the gallery. But like, it, it's just such an interesting, it's just such an interesting thing to think about where we are with technology and creation. Mm. That that's the process that he can go through. You know. Will that ever be as impressive, though, as a guy with a freaking chisel and a hammer and a big block of marble, and he's there for a year just chiseling away, 10 years, you know, just just every day carving Mm -hmm. a step, like... And that's, only that's really hand. cool, but this guy's like on, yeah. he's got a, yeah, a, a, a Wii, you know basically I mean? a Wii controller waving mm-hmm. it around, that's you right. know, 
I, I guess that's still cool. I mean, I guess, I guess that's what, you know, yeah, it's the 21st years. century. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. A hundred years from now, somebody will be saying, you know, was that person standing in virtual reality? Like this guy had a slave and, and paint it and then have people, you know, make it, you know, it's but you know what I life. worry about with stuff like that is it's even, even like when you think about cars today versus cars, like in the, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, like those cars, I feel like we're never out of stuff. We're never ugly. Like if you look at eighties, nineties and early two thousands cars today, they're hideous. Not in high demand. Like they're hideous. And like the car, like I'm driving in 15 years is going to be considered like an ugly old car, probably, even though it looks good Mm -hmm. now. Cause like, but is the new stuff gonna gonna hold up like is the new like it's not time stuff isn't timeless anymore like like is someone ever gonna collect a car with like a plastic dash and like a screen (laughs) yeah like instead of a dash it's made out of aluminum or leather and has you know switches and knobs yeah that's what i worry about like printers like jimmy has printers from eight like 1890 and yeah. if you put print blocks in them in ink, they still work. I have a printer from 2019, and the thing isn't worth the space it's taken up. Yeah. You know, and it costs like $62. And no one's ever gonna go and be like, oh my God, you've got a printer from 2017 and you just restored it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, get out of here. I, I it's funny. I actually I, I had a job uh, years ago. I worked for a different artist and she was cleaning out her studio and she had a wide format printer, one that could print on 11 by 17. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to have one of those in my shop so that I could print drawings just a little bit bigger. And I was like, oh, this is great. This, you know, it's like a $500 printer. You know, it hasn't been used in, you know, whatever, however many years, but it was older. Like it didn't have a big digital screen. It just had like a kind of a little analog screen, a couple buttons. I spent like an entire day trying to get this thing to print. Or like the jets find, like you know, clogged. Who knows? I'm trying yeah. to find Ford. I'm calling Epson. They're like, oh, you got to buy a new print head, a new print Those head. Printers like, are trash. Dollars. So I messed with it all day. I felt like I was getting close. And then I just, I shut the lid. I walked outside. I dropped it right in the garbage pail. Yeah. And, but it, well, you know, that, it was, if that printer was from like the nineties, it still would have been just as shitty. We even worked. Yeah. Well, that's you know? what, you know, I, we were just talking about when I went to that print shop, mm-hmm. the guy selling the whole system to print colored graphics on vinyl. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I was kind of, I wasn't thinking of buying it, but I was kind of thinking of it. And yeah, you, you said, know, like Jimmy was saying, it's cool like, have. yeah. And it's like, you know, like I was talking to Jimmy about it. He goes, dude, the thing was 50 grand when the guy bought it, but it's so dated. He goes, you could probably buy something for $2,000 brand new. that can do yeah, the same thing, you know, probably. and you don't think of that, you know, but the guy paid, you know, a ton of money back in the day. So he's thinking it's got value when really it probably has no value at all at this point, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's weird how, you know, things change like that, but that's just like everything, you know, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. We get to a point in society where it, where things are reusable and restorable. And then like, if you look at the timeline of like, you know, uh restoration ability over time i think at a certain point it just like drops off yeah there's software and there's interface and there's all these non-mechanical parts and it's like you know 
what a waste of time. You know, that's Everything. why I wanted to find trucks. I wanted a truck from the eighties. Cause I was like, if I'm going to get something that I got to fix, I don't want to have to plug in. I don't even want an ODB two reader on it. I just oh. want to be able to fix it with, with wrenches. Yeah. And bolts, you know, wow. Yeah. Everything is disposable nowadays. It's well, it's funny. I was thinking that just even like my shop, you know, so like obviously my saw stop, that will never be replaced. But I'm like 10 years from now, the CNC, is it going to be still like the thing? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, do I want, you know, is it going to be buried in under down here one day? And, you know, 30 years from now, somebody will be cleaning out when I'm dead and saying, oh, geez, that was an old shitty CNC. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, back yeah. in the day, they used to carve wood with that thing. Oh, now they just print it, you know? Well, that's what people think about those old CNC machines that they sell at auctions. I mean, they have oh, these like, track machines. You can pick that up like a 1991 CNC for like mm-hmm. 50 bucks yep. yeah. and it's like you're 30, pounds. Yep. Scrap, yeah. scrap price. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. scrap prices literally just like get rid of them, you know? Um, and people ask me about them all the time. They're like, Oh, what do you think of this? If you want to watch an interesting video, um, this guy, Aaron, Aaron Goff, uh, oh, Aaron the Goff. knife maker, right? Yes. The knife yep. maker, um, went very, very viral making his knife with the file jig. Remember the file? Uh-huh. Jig I, made, yeah. I made one of those. I have one. Yep. Um, he just did a whole video on his YouTube channel. <laughs> Let me just watched. interrupt. Don't waste your time. Just buy a belt grinder. Yeah, just buy a belt grinder, yeah. especially now. No, but when he came out with that, though, you got to remember, when he came out with that, a 2x72 belt grinder. Like, that is was, true. Was three grand all day long. That like, is there true. There were like, two brands, and they were so expensive. There's been a million 2x72. Everyone all of a sudden is making 2x72 <laughs> grinders. I know. But, um, I mean, but it's, good. Video, it's good. It's good. Yeah. He did a video where he bought a Fadal uh, VMC-15, which is a machine that if you've ever looked at an auction, you've seen this machine probably go for $200. He spent, he says, 120 plus hours restoring a machine so that he could use it to make knives. Um, And if you looked at the machine once he's done with it, you're like, holy shit, that's that's like, it looks like a Haas. You know, like it's, that's probably cost him 60 grand, 70 grand. He probably, you know, Obviously, his time is worth something, but like those machines just get thrown away and they're not even worth like the motors. People take the tables out of them just you, because the tables are flat, good. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Remember that shop we went to, Paul, where you bought the uh, where you bought the the granite surface plate where the guys oh, yeah. were scrapping the uh, the huge die the huge die cast machines. They were scrapping the T slot tables out of them. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> What a, what a time to be alive how about when they buy the hardened like super precision lathes and they just buy it for 50 bucks and they take like the tail stock mm-hmm. off of it because like they're missing and they just ditch it there at the auction yeah it's crazy the way it worked like yeah. i don't know we saw a bunch of that at that auction that, yeah, that, that was the one been, that would have been a good auction to uh i've been looking at those machines and like i don't have any room for them but like if you had a if to have one of those hardened super precision lathes that just run off of uh off of collets would be like mm. a great thing to just have in your shop. You know, like don't sometimes they run off of like just centers with like a dog or something like that. Some isn't that the do. most like precise way of machining? Well, like yeah. Turning something. Your work. Yeah. That's crazy to me. It, you know, um, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's funny. That same auction, a hardened super precision lathe went for $12,000 and me what? and Matt were both like baffled. We couldn't figure it out. Cause the next one sold for like 200 bucks. 
That's so and weird. We, like, and and him and I are both looking at each other like we don't know enough about these about these machines to I guess we don't know enough about these machines to really understand yeah. why this would be. You know? Um, I've seen um, a million of those. A yeah. million. Yeah. I mean I had one just like it. I remember that Sugami lay that I had that I had a scrap because it never worked. Oh yeah. But I'm talking about the ones that are like look very basic almost like there's not a whole lot going on yeah. with them like there's not even really like dials and like measurement it's it's strange i don't understand what they use those lathes for making like, screws like that yeah i don't know it's weird something yeah. just a very specific use for them and i don't know what it is yeah but clearly it's not now it's all done on a cnc because i see these things up for sale everywhere like no yeah. one's throw them away yeah i don't know what have you been getting into, Paul? What's new in your life? Um, lots going on. We've had a busy couple of weeks. Um, doing a couple different installs at some different jobs. Uh, I did more railings, and there was like a weird thing with the paint at Sherwin Williams, which we I think we got sorted out. I think they tinted the paint wrong, and the way they tinted it screwed up the paint, and it never cured. Like I painted these rent, like I got some type of new primer and then that is supposed to be better for this paint that we've been using. And then they gave me a thing of paint and we primed it. We let it sit for a couple of days and painted it. And it sat for like two weeks, these railings. We put them on a flatbed, drove them to the job and it rained out and we picked these things up and it's a water-based paint. Pick these things up. The paint is like melting off of them. Wow. And I'm like, what wow. the hell? So we had to call like our rep at Sherman Williams and figure it out. And they're sending us new paint and they're doing all this shit and going to help us figure out how to like fix it. It's definitely fixable. Cause I just, we pretty much wiped the paint off and it's just like primer wow. now. So we got to really? sand everything and I got to, I got to go back and yeah, fix it. But it's like, I've never had that problem happen before. We've been using this paint like a, a ton and we switched the primer and I thought it was the primer, but they like diagnosed it and the rep, like went on the phone with the people at the store and they figured out what happened, I guess something they screwed up something along the way and it never was able to cure, but that's one headache I got to deal with, but I'm going to go do that tomorrow. Um, but then a couple other jobs I, had to, I was just telling you before that thing I had to patina that shelving unit mm -hmm. and then those panels, I just got those all wrapped up. Um, what else did I have to do? Oh, I did some, some structural stuff the other day um, at that concrete house again, Nice. Um, they keep adding stuff. They're building a deck off the side of the house. So I put in some columns and beams um, for them to build a deck on top of. So everything's coming along, but uh, I got some stuff coming up too. Just waiting on some things to get finished up before I can start those jobs. Nice. You get any new? You get any cool new tools in your shop? I did, and I think you got the same exact one that oh. I got. A um, Bailey. Do you know the name? I don't even know the exact model it's number. A, uh, it's a B. It's a Bailey BS three fifty M. Yeah, I'm looking um, at the menu right now. Oh, you it's are. Yeah, up it's, on my screen. <laughs> I I have that stainless railing job. They actually just dropped off the stainless last week, um, and I have to get started cutting that. And I knew I needed something, you know, just nice and reliable, and and that could cut straight because that little jet piece of crap that I spent a thousand dollars on back in the day is garbage. So I got a nice new Bailey. I'm a little, I was a little like iffy about Bailey. I'm like, I know they're like pretty decent, but I don't know. They're not like heavy industrial grade stuff, 
but I'm impressed with this thing. Like for what it is, it's, it's really nice and it's solid and it runs nice. And for what I'm going to be doing with it, it's not going to get like a ton of heavy use. It's only going to be cutting like tube and, and, and small stuff. Um, so I, it works great. I mean, I like it so Very far. Nice machine. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a, it's super nice. It's funny because Paul got that bandsaw and I was, we were talking because uh, finding a, a horizontal bandsaw that miters in both directions is really difficult. There's only very, yeah, there's, there's like a lot of them, especially like when it comes to like small ones, it's impossible mm-hmm. to find like big, big bandsaws. They have a lot of them, but yeah, you know, for something that you're going to be cutting small tube on, there's almost none that miter in both directions. And then I saw that Ellis one, you know, that one, the one time we went to a long Island for that power hammer thing, that guy mm-hmm. had an Ellis one, but they don't have like coolant. Oh, uh, I didn't. It's I don't really know if weird. I saw that one. That was a distracting weekend. For yeah, me. it was a very first, distracting first, weekend. First, 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 first almost busy. lost his hand. He was busy that weekend. <laughs> his little, yeah. his memory's a little faded from yeah. that weekend. Busy but they had a lot they, going on. A lot going on. Um, but they had one there, and it was really nice. But it like didn't have coolant, so I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm looking at that saw right now. It, it's nice, but it's like got that open. It's kind of got an open body. Yeah, structure. yeah. Like cabinet style. Of I the do Bailey. too. It seems also more substantial. Like Bailey is a, is a can also be a manual saw where you can just grab oh it yeah and bring it down. Yeah, this saw is great. Like I'm I'm really into this saw. Yeah. So um, yeah. The uh, the only, so what I what I realized so. Paul got his, um, and then I happened to be, I was actually looking for a friend of ours is looking for a bandsaw, um, and like a woodcutting bandsaw. And he was like, Hey, you know, you got any advice, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I said, Oh, you know what? Like, I know, I know where he lives. So I just put his, his, uh, his town in Facebook marketplace and I typed in bandsaw and I sent him a bunch and, you know, when you use Facebook Marketplace, once you search for something the next couple of days, that that's what will come up in your suggested sort of thing. Mm. So I'm um, cert- I click on Facebook, whatever the next day, and I see this bandsaw, and it just the description just said bandsaw, and I saw the Bailey, and I was that's like, that's a good description. I was like, whoa, look at that. So I'm like I'm looking at it, and then I send it to Paul. I go, dude, is this the same saw that you have? Because it looked like it had the sliding vice. Yeah. And for those of you who have like you know, tried to buy used industrial equipment. Like the, the big stuff is usually only at auctions. Like people don't yeah. sell like real industrial equipment so much on Facebook marketplace. Cause it's like, there's no market for it. So I see that saw it's two grand and it's 10 minutes from my house. So I'm like immediately like, Whoa, this might be, <laughs> his, might be blood, his blood started pumping. He got well, all excited for me. It's like <laughs> no shipping, no unloading. You probably you know. sleep that night that you saw that, knowing it was 10 minutes away. So, well, so I went <laughs> and I saw it. Uh, actually, uh, the day that Derek was down here, and I was like, I told the guy, I said, listen, man, I said, I would pay for, I would pay you for this right now. I just have to make sure it's going to fit in my shop the way I want because it's really big. Like that saw is from tip to tail. That thing's over six feet deep. If you put it up against the wall. Yeah, it's freaking oh, maybe huge. I me- maybe I measured it wrong. <laughs> Well, because it, it's deceiving because when the saw is up, it's one distance. When it's yeah, down, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I've lost anyway. all concept of saw. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't have any any concern. Yeah. Anyway, I wound up going picking up the saw. Um, it's a little bit older than yours, though. The difference with mine is the uh, you know how you 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 have the little screen that says your your speed. Oh, with the VFD, yeah, yeah. I have the same VFD, same two horsepower uh, DC motor, but mine is just a knob with like 
marks that says like you know 80 100 200 oh, gotcha um, yeah, yeah. so uh essentially it's the same unit but uh yeah it's it's nice man holy crap and it's so that one inch blade is so oh accurate. yeah you got to have a big blade like that because mm-hmm. i that little piece of crap had a half inch blade and it has mm-hmm. never made a square cut in its entire existence fresh out of the box was making crooked cuts Yep. But this thing is nice. Uh, what was interesting too, and I don't know, like, I don't know how far assembled yours was, but I took mine. I didn't take it apart, but I, I messed with it a little bit. And um, one of the things that I thought was interesting was, did you know that it has a, 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 a pressure switch in the blade tension so that if your blade breaks mid cut, the saw shuts off immediately? Oh, that's, I saw the pressure switch. I'm like, what the hell is that in there? Oh, that makes sense. So if you loosen your blade tension, uh, outside oh. of that range, it'll actually take the pressure off the pressure switch. And it's, it's not, I mean, it is also so that you don't run the blade too loose, yeah. but it's so that if that blade snaps while it's being ran, the saw just turns right off. Yeah. It's um, a nice saw. It's like, you're stepping into like the, the legit caliber yeah. of, of, you know, equipment territory. Yeah, absolutely. You're up in that like $5,000 plus range. It's like yeah. not, you know, just one of these like hobbyist. Yeah. You're not buying on anymore. Out. No, no, it, it's yeah. not. It's really nice. Like yeah. the only thing that, uh, I, you know, it, it is big for the way my shop is set up where it's so skinny. Yeah. Uh, it does take up a lot of room. And one of the things I was actually talking to Matt last night, I was trying to get the manual for the machine and Bailey makes one that's one size smaller, which is the same saw with the same double, double tilting, uh, vice and all that stuff. Oh, really? And, uh, it's when? like, what'd they you say? still make it. They still make that. Yeah, it's the two sixty M. I thought I thought it doesn't dual. It's not a dual mitering saw. I was pretty sure that it was dual mitering. Um, I thought I thought I sent it to you. I'm like, what about this one? Because it was the next size down. No, the one you sent me was a little bit different. It's it's kind of. It took me like a minute to find it. Oh really? Um, Their website's kind of weird. But I anyway. So it's like the kind of thing where like I'm not gonna. Uh, if I really wanted to put myself through hell, I would list the saw that I just got to to pay for like the one size smaller like brand new version but i was saying like i'll just kind of keep my eyes on the market and if one of those ever pops up maybe i would get the smaller saw you know because it would be a lot better for my shop but at the same time i'm like you know what if i can just keep this big saw in there it'll just be so much better for my workflow like long term you know you just gotta get a nice sawing station set up that's what I'm doing. That's Dude, that's. Let me come me. down there. Go on vacation with Andrew. Yeah. Take her in, you know, in the van. Go to the some, you know, the mountains. I'll reorganize the whole shop. It'll be fantastic. Because there's so much uh, shit in there that you don't need, like your little pile of anvils. That's just listen, in there. He's listen. got four anvils pile in a pile. He's never. I gotta come once. get my. Uh, I gotta come get my. Um, uh my plate from you so that I can build my table. Oh yeah, dude. I forgot. I was going to put it in Derek's car, but then we took a look at it and we're like, no way. Yeah. I mean, it's a heavy little bastard. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So me and Paul, I send my in. magnet with you. I don't know how you're going to get that thing out of us. Oh, don't you worry. I'll get it. Out. Yeah. No, I know. Um, I might just drill a hole in it and put a hook through it. Oh, Jesus. Getting holes oh, drilled God. in it anyway. Just weld a tab on it. Don't drill a hole. Yeah. What does it matter? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what I got new. It's, it's been a good week for, uh, for getting tools. Yeah. You know? Oh, you know what I did? I finally, uh, this is part of my, my little birthday present. I got some, you know how much I love Hilti. I got some Hilti. 
um, tools. So nice. like a drill impact, a big half inch like impact uh, nice. wrench, and then a sawzall. The stuff's so nice. Yeah. So nice. Like it runs everything so smooth. It just feels nice in your hand. The batteries, I got big batteries. Like because I needed another set of stuff to keep in my truck, and then I'll leave my Milwaukee stuff uh, in the shop. Just keep mm-hmm. it there, you know. Yeah. But I'm impressed with the with the quality. And this stuff's not that much more. Like, I always thought they were, like, twice as much as, like, Milwaukee. It's really not. It might be, like, 20% more, maybe 30% more for some stuff. Yeah. But I don't it's know. Not, it's not that much more. My whole big thing about it is it's just, like, Milwaukee's variety of tools yeah. is crazy. That's the thing. Hilti used to be, like, just professional grade only. Like, now, That's- like, they're kind of – what's that humming? That's the garage door underneath me. Oh, oh, um, it's um, you know, they used to be like just all like kind of you know commercial grade stuff, but now like you can get it anywhere. But where? Where do you get Hilti? Besides, I I can't find it anywhere but the like the Hilti store and online. Really? Tool dealers sell it like yeah, a, tool like a tool store. You know, I never. Like, no, I, I have, have a. a tool store, I uh, have a tool store. A tool store that sells everything but Hilti. I can't find it. Yeah, do- downtown Fairfield probably doesn't have. <laughs> no, store, no, no, no. There's a big. There's a big tool store called Colony Supply or whatever. There's yeah, like a million yeah. of them. Um, yeah. but they don't. Maybe they just don't. Yeah, sell. Before, That's the the one near me. So I'm sure other ones do. Yeah, before you used to have to just go to Hilti. And like there, yeah. was none, there was none around because I remember the first time I seen Hilti stuff was just working at work and uh, they would have like a rep come in. Yeah. And, like, they'd yeah. bring you whatever. Like I didn't even know if there was a place around here. They like, still you do know, that. You could have them. Whatever. Yeah. Just like, drop off on. And you just call them and you go, hey, I yeah. need a hammer drill today. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what I was going to say. It was like reminding me of like snap on, you know, that type of thing. But like so. the core drill I got which I think I got at literally half price, which still doesn't even make sense from United Rentals, brand new. It's so nice. Like it's so well thought out, mm-hmm. even on the handle. I don't know if you've ever, I'm sure you guys have used a core drill, but like, you know, you, you don't even know, like you never have a good way of telling how much water is actually coming out. There's little, there's a, a plastic circular ring with little balls in it that when mm-hmm. you adjust the flow speed, show you how much flow is coming out. Like the balls will spin around the handle faster or slower. Yeah. Like a little flow meter. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, who would even have thought to put that on there? But it's like, everything mm-hmm. is thought out so well. It's so nice. It clips right onto the, the little stand that I got with it. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't know. I like this stuff. It's nice. Yeah. It's super nice, but it's, it's definitely like a high, you know, it's a high quality, uh, it's a high quality tool, you know? Yeah. Know. Yeah. Spend money, make more money. Yeah. It's good stuff. That's the way it works. So now that we've got our new tools, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Derek, what's your next project? Because the holidays are coming, and I know Derek from Alden is staying busy. Well, it all depends. So my next project now is I spent all day gluing up things, but I had a little mishap. I go to put some of the signs together. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear I had put the right sizes with the right sizes. So we're changing a couple of colors to a couple of the bases because the couple yes. were off a little bit. But nothing, it's already all repainted. There's two bases that I had to redo. They were opposite. But um, no, I'm hoping it's a, um, 
like a nice uh, something cut on the laser. Like that's like my goal this week. I, I need to get this thing running. And it's funny because um, Jeff had offered to uh, come up and help me with it, which he was great with the CNC. It was like two hours. You know, he's just like, that's his thing. And uh, he offered to come up and I think he said like the, the weekend or the end of the week. And I'm like, Oh, I can't get here quick enough. So, um, you know, I'm just hoping to get that going. So, you know, I, I want to try to get some like Christmas ornaments made, like, mm -hmm. like some ornaments for the tree and stuff like that. But I don't know really what the next project is. It all depends what's working in my shop. You know, <laughs> what what's functioning. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, it's funny. It's like I was saying to somebody, I was talking to Jordan. It's like, I'll, I'll cut something on the laser. And I'll be like, okay, let's make something with epoxy now. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's just like move on to the next shiny thing, you know? Yeah. But, um, but no, I, I just really want to get that going, get that thing dialed in and have a little bit of fun with that. You know, I have a few ideas for some things I wanted to do and, you know, some things my wife had seen she wants made. So Hopefully that will be working by the end of the week. That's exciting. Yeah, I have I like no like concept of like, I've only used a laser cutter like once. Uh -huh. It was that stupid, my stupid college and uh -huh. all their stupid rules. I had, I had a project that I needed to do and you only got an hour a week on the laser cutters. It was something stupid like that. And right before it was about to finish, um, it stopped like with literally in my 59th minute, like it stopped <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not going to be able to cut this thing back out again because of my hours up. But luckily like someone didn't come in and I just stayed and they never caught me. And I was <laughs> able to like redo the entire thing on the backside of the little overpriced piece of wood that you had to buy from the yeah. like, like supply yeah. store in the college. Yeah. Yeah. Like $30 for like a two by one, sheet of plywood what do you mean it stopped like the laser malfunctioned the laser, like something malfunctioned like i don't oh, know what was happened. it like a timer on it like at the cow it might have been it might have been a timer and then i didn't know what to do so of course i just click restart, restart and right yeah. as i click that the, the the kid like the student who's like in charge he's like oh oh you shouldn't have done that i'm like okay well i did it yeah. and then it started up again like a quarter inch off of where it was supposed to and yeah. then that's how it got all screwed up. But I don't know. I, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, it's funny because, like, I was mentally envisioning, like, the software light burn to kind of be, like, metric. And I'm like, oh, I'll just, like, just draw something in that. And I was talking to uh, Lainey from Pine and & Birch, and she's like, oh, um, she's like, yeah, it's, like, the easiest software to use. And I was going to do, like, a – thing on it but i i didn't even need to i just kind of opened it so i'm thinking it's like easel i open it up i'm like oh you gotta be shitting me <laughs> it's like i was like i can't put myself through this i don't know if it's just i'm getting old like that's what happens when you get old like you just don't know how to do things anymore but i'm like i gotta learn how to do this now but I, i'm sure it's kind of you know once you get it kind of i don't know i don't know i'm not looking forward to messing with it but i'll figure it out you're gonna get it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think once you get the basics, it's just when you open something up and it's just like, oh my god, just a lot of stuff on the screen. So, yeah, I mean, you're gonna get it. It's you know, yeah. it's just a matter of 
Yeah, it's just a matter of getting the hang of it. I I did yeah. my first like kind of quick project in uh uh-huh. in Vectric over uh, on Sunday, maybe Saturday. Uh-huh. I had no. a friend of mine just needed like some circles cut, and uh-huh. I said, yeah, sure, like you know, I'll do it on the CNC. So it was like a, you know, I was the big thing for me is like I I don't I try to kind of separate my time where like I'm on the computer, I'm on the computer, I'm in the shop. So like. Uh-huh. I do all my modeling and stuff at home. And one of the things when you're using a CNC a router, like you got to know the thickness of your material. It's very important, especially uh-huh. if you're trying to cut through it. So like it was nice to actually be sitting down um, like right next to my CNC where I could do like, you know, the little kind of measuring uh, that I needed to in order to actually cut through the damn material because I have a bad habit of just saying, oh, it's three quarter inch plywood. Yeah. And then no. I go to cut it and it's, you know, it's three quarter and a 10th. And then I get, you know, I'm all fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's yeah. what's nice about running a plasma CNC is that you just cut. Yeah. It. Yeah. Great. I, I didn't realize until I had a CNC that there's no such thing as three quarter inch plywood. No. Right? Like everything's either just a little bit bigger or a little bit smaller. It's mm-hmm. like, but it's close. You know, it's but... funny. Even like plate is a little oh. off sometimes. Like I have oh, one of those yeah. little little gauges and you put it up to quarter inch and you could move it around a little bit. It's like, but you know, uh-huh. it's not three sixteenths, but yeah. it's like still not perfect. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. But that jams you all up, you know, like when you make something with tolerance and you, yeah. got, you know, like uh, it's got to be what you drew. I mean, uh, the other day, Last weekend, uh, Luke Smith was at my shop. He designed a really cool uh, guillotine tool, um, similar to the one that Cliff Dufton made and the one that I made. And he did it all tab and slot uh, infusion so that he could, you know, plasma cut it and then it would clip together. And like, you know, he did it out of three eighths and it wasn't, you know, it's not exact. You show up and you go to, uh, you go to cut it, you go to put it together and it's like, oh, well, this tab is wrong. And that's why, you know, Tyler Bell is, going through so many iterations of this uh, foot vice, um, you know, cause he's drawing it in fusion and then he's having, you know, uh, send cut, send do the, uh, do the cutout and send cut, send is using whatever, you know, plate they've got, which could be thin or thick. And then you just hope that you're uh, sorry. I don't know why my computer is making all this noise. Uh, you hope that it all just works out. Oh. This is why my stupid computer, which is running Windows in the background, is just like making noises. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just hate the fact. Isn't that technology the worst? I just hate the fact that yeah. in order for me to run like any of my CNC programs, I, hate that. I need to run a. I need to run a stupid PC program. Like, I know. I, I, I know. I don't understand that. I. That, that's what it's like. My the the lasers the opposite end of the basement. I'm like, should I get another PC and just leave it at the laser? And then I'm like, I don't want to deal with a friggin' another PC. There's just such pieces of shit. Oh, they really are. It's I like, run parallels off my Mac, which is probably the only way I could deal with it because I think running a standalone PC, I would just throw it in the ocean. See, I tried that and I had problems. I, I just I should try it again. It's working pretty well, but like, you know, it's just. What, what happens to my computer is like I'll be using it and then all of a sudden it'll tell me that I have like no hard drive space left. And I'm like, how? I had 20 uh, gigs five minutes ago. And it's because like Windows is making temporary files and this and that. And I'm like, yeah. today I got to a point where I was talking to Angela. I was like, 
I was uh, doing something for work in Adobe Acrobat, which is, uh, you know, when you're running, I had like a 700 page PDF in my Acrobat plan size that I was reviewing. So it's like a huge lift on the computer and my computer just like wouldn't have it. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I could just go to the Apple store today and get a new computer. She's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I, I need to use this thing. I sit on this computer 12 hours a day. Like it should be good. If it's not good, I'm just wasting my time. Like every minute yeah. I waste waiting for it to load is like valuable time, you know? Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to buy a new Mac. I was pricing out this this new 16 inch MacBook Pro. Yeah, yeah. $4,000. Um, you know, the only way that it's like, it wasn't that bad. It was twenty seven hundred, but they offered me a thousand bucks for this computer. Oh, I traded it, in. which I yeah, thought was pretty good considering. Again, when I just looked at them, it was like thirty nine hundred bucks with like the bigger well, hard drive. Well, like to the top, 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 it's thirty nine hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah, I mean, I was. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I did pick the bigger hard drive. Is this one, the one I was looking at had a but one terabyte hard drive. It had a pretty good screen. graphics card. You know I mean, you can configure them up to be like right 5Gs. Now that some idiot I mean, it's decided so funny. that it would be a good idea to use glass for both the screen and the back. Because one piece of glass that always breaks wasn't enough. They decided that they should use a piece of glass on the back of the phone. Why, so did you break the back? Yeah, it's smashed and there's glass What's falling it? out in my hand. Look at mine. Mine's broken oh, too on the back too. I couldn't say that. It's like I'm getting a new phone. My stupid case, OtterBox case that I spent, I don't know how much on. Those are expensive. It was like falling apart. Probably because it gets hit with alcohol, rubbing alcohol every single day. Did you have your phone through the dishwasher too? No, just the alcohol. But I took that off because it was falling apart. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just not have a case because I'm about to get a new phone. I don't know how people do that. Dude, I can't. I've dropped this thing a thousand times. It's like a fucking bar of soap. Oh, dude, it's the slipperiest. (laughs) It's like they put a ceramic coating on it to make it extra slippery. It's like they're just screwing with us. They're like, not only are we going to make the slipperiest phone possible, we're going to put glass on the back, make that break, and you're still going to buy it because you're not going to buy a Google Pixel. You know, it's like, who the hell is going to buy one of those? So you're going to, so you're just going to keep coming back to us and it's going to keep breaking. You're going to keep spending money. The Steve Jobs uh, biography, um, he talks about like phone case. They they talk about phone cases. Yeah. Uh, he talked about how, like when the phone first came out, Steve Jobs wanted to, uh, he wanted to try to find a way to keep people from allowing, like to make, he wanted to keep people from making cases. Oh. He never wanted Apple to make a case. That was his thing. He said Apple should not make any sort of case because why would we spend all this time and energy designing this beautiful product just to put some garbage piece of plastic on the outside? That's of it? what I'm saying. Make the thing. I don't care that it's it's point four millimeters thinner. Make mm. it twice as thick. Make the battery twice as big, and make it so I don't need a case. Yeah, like well, that's I, you're young, Paul, but that's why when they came out, remember the Nextels? Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. Anything that, about yeah, that. it was yeah. it was like it was a phone, but like if you had a company, it was a walkie-talkie too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, they were, they were like rubberized and they were like heavy-duty phones. They were like you could tell a Nextel phone because yeah. they were like really big, and it's like you know it's same thing. That's what just like the air compressor. I'll pay double for it. Just make it so it doesn't leak air. Yeah, know? right. Because uh, yeah, that's not my phone. Like, look at it. It's double the thickness. That's what so I put. Yeah, I put a battery case yeah. on it. 
but this is the battery case, but it's like, you know, just make it that big from the get-go. They're just, they, you know? they're just screwing with us. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. Like TikTok. It's a big scam. Dude, me and Chris were talking about TikTok. We've we've yeah. we've come to the conclusion that there's no way all these views are natural. No way. The Chinese are in they're doing the typical 30, Chinese inflation they're doing on you're TikTok. Me my thirty eight views on all organic. No, no, no. <laughs> we're talking about how do I get? We're, I we're talking about my one TikTok video. This one specific guy that we both love to, you know, follow. We admire this guy's work. He, there's no way this guy should have 10 followers. He's got like a 10,000 followers. Yeah. Right. Like, you know what's so funny is like, the, so the video I posted of the, of the automated screw gun, right? Yeah. I was telling Paul this last night. It has 1.6 million views. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. It has 12 comments. Yeah. That doesn't How make any sense. How could a million and a half people see this and only 12 of them commented on yeah that doesn't it, it make does any sense make sense but if you think about it the last time i posted was july 31st and then i posted this video on november 30th uh, not him <laughs> somebody <laughs> else about. but uh, also him stay for the after show and you can find out who we're talking about but dude Good like when you, like i've i've i'm on you know i'm a heavy tiktok user but but you'll go on heavy. tiktok Heavy. And it'll be like some girl has, you know, 700,000 followers. And then you go to her Instagram, she's got 10,000 Instagram followers. Yeah. It's like the numbers don't add up. There's no. more, more people on Instagram. So Look how, how does she Look have, his you know. Can you see hey, that? What are on? they? I can't Hold on, see. Right, right. If you read right. it out loud, you're going to, uh, you're going to. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're going to give it away. Yeah, right. Oh, oh shit. Well, we can we can for for those yeah, dude. Who are, now, like who the hell they, yeah that doesn't listening make any at sense. home. Um, the, the the it makes sense if you think about it, right? So like you make an app, right? You try to drive people away from other yeah. apps. How do you motivate? We are in this unbelievably self-absorbed society where yeah. people will delete posts off of Instagram if they don't get a certain number of. Oh, likes. I knew a kid like that. He if was a guy post, too. Yeah, if you post a video, like I, the last video I posted before the one that went viral got 2,000 views. And essentially, like, I could give a shit. The first thing I posted on TikTok got 2 million views. Jesus and then Christ. from there, they just trickled down to the point where one, like, like I got a couple, like, I got 1.9 million views, 100,000 views, 38,000 views, uh, 600,000 views, then 5,000. So, like, I fell off. After the fourth post, TikTok was like, you've had your fun. We're done with you. Then yeah. everything else I posted, which was one, two, three, seven other posts, all got about two thousand views. So I gave up. Like, what do I get? What do I care? I decided to post this video of the collated screw gun, and I feel like there's an algorithm that says, like, you know, this the account has had some sort of success, right? So there's probably an algorithm in there that's like, let's motivate this user to come back. How do we motivate them to come back? Boom, we'll make this next post go viral. I got, you know, 3000 additional followers, whatever. And I, the next thing I post, I would, I'll make a bet right now. I'll post something at the end of this episode. And I would almost bet that it doesn't get more than 5,000 views. And then if you wait, what, like a month, the next yeah, thing you'll post will get a lot. Yeah. And I mean, listen, to rope you back in. Account, like that would be great. If I could, you know, find a way to, to earn some more revenue off of this account or like leverage sponsors with it, that's fine. That'd be great. But at the same time, it's like, it just feels so bad that I don't think it's even worth my energy. 
that's how I feel about it. But like that's like I, I don't even understand it. I can't even figure out how many like views, how many followers. I can't find figure out all that. But like, look at these numbers. Let's let me see. For this guy here. Aren't oh, no, they? I, I see no yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah, nothing. nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's crazy. But I, what I think they're doing is even even worse than just like you know pushing people. I, I, who's to say that they're not just making up numbers? Like, like Chris, no, like, like, like my video got like I po- I posted two TikToks. One of them's got like 130 something thousand views. Like, like why would TikTok not say, you know what, this kid only got 40 thousand views? Let's double or triple the views. It's just a number on the screen, yep. and it'll make him look bigger. It'll make us look bigger. It'll make our ad people. You know, how do they prove? Especially since it's not an American company, right? Like, you know, it's an overseas company. It's a Chinese company. Like, who's going to be able to tell if, so if, how do you if know they're YouTube? not? How do you know YouTube is? I don't, not, I don't right? know, but I have a feeling they're not. Yeah. Like, so it's the same thing. It's like all of a sudden this? China has no coronavirus. That's like all of if, China's like cured. Like, they cured everybody. And like, we're right. over here dying left and right. It's like How about that. This? How about it's like this? they're not going to be honest. If TikTok is given false views, can you please give me more than 62? Oh, yeah. I know. I know. I can said bump them up. Can you get bump me up to 100? Yeah. Christ. Put a one in front of it. 162. 162. All right. Everybody, Derek, Derek, you have a TikTok? Yeah. I got one video on it. Yeah. All right. Everybody go and follow Derek from Malden on tiktok let's see derek from malden oh you have two tiktoks accounts you have one derek from malden and then you have derek from malden zero why no. <laughs> yeah really? yeah Someone copied you does it have anything on the other one no derek from malden zero has one post with five likes it's you making the amphibicar amphicar uh thing let me tell you something i might just oh, start uh, doing tiktok dances on my account i might not even do anything related to uh I think you should to building I anything. I, uh, I think you should. I mean, you know, I feel like I, I feel like, you know, it's either cooking or dancing. It'd be, it'd be nice for TikTok to just go viral. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, all that transfers back into Instagram and YouTube. But I also just feel like the people that watch TikTok could give a shit about my, like exactly YouTube videos of me building stuff. They gave a shit for two seconds after they were entertained for two seconds and they skipped right to the next one. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the other thing. Like, I don't know. It's I wonder, interesting. You know, it's why I'm looking at that. I wonder if when I tried to do my account, if it got screwed up, because that is definitely me. But I only uh, have one video I put up. I wonder if I screwed up because I never made a zero at the end of it. I wonder if it added that because it had one existing. Uh, so I'll have to have my whole followers go from this one to the other one huh interesting maybe right. uh maybe the maybe they're ripping you off i know it's funny at a, at a point um i don't know if if we should talk about who got who got paid to do this but i know at one point they were trying to pull uh makers from instagram to uh oh to, yeah they were offering just to pay you to post yeah like consistently they were offering people that we know um saying oh we'll give you 300 bucks if you post for a month or 500 bucks if you expose them expose them i, I mean i would have taken the money 
I would have too. I would. I would have. I could have done it. Yeah. I got. I got approached, but you did. Yeah, he had to do a video every day for a month. Every day for well, I guess yeah. it's not that hard. They're, yeah, it was hard for me, so I was like, I can't do that. Yeah, but you could have, you know, I don't know. Yeah, you could have just uh, forget. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm on TikTok right now. I'm scroll. Here's make it. See, I just followed you back, and now on my for you page, it's Chris with his uh, screw screw gun. I can't even figure out like, like how to do like that. and subscribe. Oh, it's Macklin. Username copied. So how do I do this? Dude, how does the bike the see the BMX jump over the van only have two thousand views, but a, a video of you using a screw gun's got one point six million views. Yeah. Oh well, I don't know. Oh. Anyways. Anyways, who are you guys watching? What are you guys watching this week? Ah, Jesus Christ! No, I don't know. Boy, that's a tough one. I we, didn't watch should, much. Derek, I watched a lot of boring stuff. I watched every video that was like how to. Like zero in a laser cutter. That's all the shit I watched. But uh, hold on. So shout out, shout out, whoever has the most educational uh, laser content. Yeah. Um, let me see. I'm who asking you, who is it? Who's the best? Who's oh, the best laser? Honestly, laser god. There's a guy in England, but um, I haven't seen anything that's. Uh, let me see. I'll find it right now. The guy. Uh, oh, this this guy's a little weird, laser god. But where is this one? <laughs> I can on. give mine while you look for yeah, it. Give yours. Give yours. I'm gonna shout out to our friend Keith Decent, who made the dumpster fire fire pit. Did you guys see that? Oh, I just no. saw that today. Oh my god, he made a fire pit that looks exactly like a dumpster, and it says 2020 on the side. That's pretty funny. And it's hysterical. It's like, and if you saw it like in out of context and didn't know how tall it was, it looks just like a dumpster. Oh yeah, and, it looks uh, huge. It, it's it great. I, yeah, fun. it looks huge, but it's just a little dumpster. It's like you know, it's like maybe like the size of a small planter, and it looks like a dumpster. And it's uh, I, I thought it was a very good uh, representation of the times. Roger Webb is the guy that I'm following. Roger Webb and the yeah. Keith Decent's dumpster fire. Yeah, Roger Shoot. Webb. Has, he's over in England, I think, uh, the UK, and he has um, a lot of laser videos. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Older guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, you got to have something good. I don't have – God, I, I just always listen to my standard same podcasts like all these comedians, but I did start listening recently to – um, Dax Shepard's podcast, Armchair Expert. It's pretty good. It's good. He's got a lot of interesting guests on there and stuff. Huh. Um, he's funny. Yeah. So I, I like that podcast. That's one of the newer ones I've been listening to. All the other ones, like I just have on, like I keep listening every week to the same ones um, that I always do. But that's a new one for me. That one's pretty good. Um, he's had a bunch of different people on there, like. You know, a lot of celebrities, a lot of other different people. Like, I listened to a Travis Pastrana one, which was uh, interesting. But, like, I guess Dax is, like, super into, like, cars and motorcycles and, like, off-roading and, like, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, So, I don't know. That's pretty much it. Nothing too crazy. No new TikToks. I don't know why. Did you guys watch the Tyson? uh, Tyson Oh, Oh, dude, I did watch it. So I think the most important thing that came out of that was that Floyd Mayweather is going to fight Logan Paul. Oh, dude, I'm so excited. <laughs> I I can't believe that. You know Derek, what was crazy? Did you, did you did you watch? Did, 
Did you watch Jake Paul just? No. I mean, oh my God, it was no, bad. But did you see um, the Minuteman from Boston Sports talk about it? Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That guy's oh, funny. Yeah, he's uh, from he's what, so KFC. Funny. That guy. Yeah, he was just like, dude, like that's the most embarrassing thing. Oh like, my don't god, look that down. He's like, just it was just like so funny. So <laughs> the memes funny. were crazy. I mean, I just cannot believe that. Floyd Mayweather is going to fight Logan Paul. <laughs> See, that's, yeah, like, uh, Logan's, the weight difference is so substantial. Like, I'm confused how it's even going to go down because Floyd's, well, like, literally, Floyd like, a buck fifty, and Logan yeah. Paul's, like, 210, 250, like, big. He's, like, 6'4", like, too. Yeah, he's huge. How, how tall is Floyd Mayweather? He's, like, like five, five yeah, like, 5'7", like, or 5'8". I don't even know. He's, he's, a, he's tiny. Like, I'm confused. 5'8". Logan Paul six two, like Conor McGregor looked huge compared to Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, it's God, it's crazy, man. Could you imagine if Mayweather loses? It's the same. It's the same thing. Like the only shot Logan has is if for some reason he catches him with some just lucky punch. Like but you d- Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather could get hit by like a bus and not even flinch because that dude is like conditioned like animal fight. yeah yeah he also really never got hit when he was fighting like he barely ever got hit like there was like i think there was like one or two times where he got rocked like you know a lot of times like people keep getting hit like he yeah. fights so smart like i don't know a lot about fighting but i know like a little bit but he fights so smart like he never really got rocked like some guys just don't care they'll just mm-hmm. like come at you and like get hit with a bunch of different things and it wears on them like their jaw like they look like they just you know yeah it, it wears on him over time, but I don't know. Like he could probably take a pretty good hit, but, oh but he's just going to like, just, I don't know. He He's, I don't know. There's he, Logan Paul doesn't have a shot unless he just hits him with something random. He's ne- like, it's physically impossible for him to like outbox Floyd. Right. There's no chance just, like to, to outbox Paul versus, him. Uh, versus Tyson. Oh well, that's I don't know. That wouldn't go. That wouldn't go well. Dude, Tyson's still so scary. For enough money, for enough money, dude. Did you watch the Did you watch the post fight where they're talking about Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. They're asking them if they would do it again, and Tyson's like so excited. He's like, "Yeah, Roy's like, Roy Jones Jr. I'm good, man. I made my money." Oh yeah, no, it's it's it was funny, but I don't know. You got to give it to Jake Paul, though. I mean, he, as much as you want to see a kid like that get knocked out, I mean, he he, def, he definitely like has some idea of what he's doing in there. What a time um, to be like, alive, where all you got to do is be on YouTube and somehow you wind up with the, in the ring on on the ticket with Mike Tyson, the heavyweight Jimmy, champion of the world. Do you think Jimmy's ever going to fight somebody? Jimmy? Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's I, a big YouTube guy. Maybe Jimmy, uh, Jimmy and Alex Steele could go. <laughs> wear each of their oh pants. God. They could wear. They could wear their respective pants that they're trying to sell. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know who else is big. I don't know. You could do like a Jimmy Faggot, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I get in pretty good shape. Claggett, yeah, Claggett, scared Jimmy, get, Jimmy get winded. We should start doing that. We should start calling out different uh, makers. Oh, God. The Jake Paul fight, he put on his Instagram, like, like uh, you know, Photoshop um, title cards of, like, him versus Mayweather, him versus McGregor. Hey, who did and, that? Oh, 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 Jake Paul did? Oh, yeah. 
Um, and it was like, you know, like basically just calling everybody out. It's like, you know, he won this fight. He's got it. He's the, he's the greatest boxer on the planet now. So, uh, he a retired basketball player. Yeah. He, let's see. He did. Yeah. Right. He did. Uh, we should start making these. He did Jake Paul versus McGregor, KSI, Logan, Austin McBroom. I don't know who that is. Some, uh, Dylan Danis. I mean, dude, this guy, like. I don't know, man. It's you, you got to really think highly of yourself to think that you could fight all these other people. You know, he's not, he's not, no, he's just making money. Yeah, he's he's it's, that's it's, all he gives a smart shit about. Move. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You make us these guys make as much money laying on the mat as they do like holding the belt because it's just an exhibition match. You know, there's no. Yeah, tight. but then they're done though. Like now, Jake Paul, since he won, he could keep going. He could fight another guy. And then this time th- there's going to be some serious money, whatever the, his next fight is, it's going to be for a lot of money. But like, what the hell sure, is this one to say? A lot of money. You too. know, it's probably got to suck is if you were like a kid, like, you know, a fight, like a real fighter. And you grew up fighting since you were like eight years old in the gym every day. And like, you're in like the prelims, like no one's yeah. watching you. And like Jake Paul's like the, like co- yeah. co-main event, like getting paid yeah. millions and you know, you could kill him. Like yeah. that kind of sucks, but what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, the kid's yeah. got, he's got, he, he's got the draw. He, he brings the crowd. I don't know. Yeah. He's doing something right. Seriously. Yeah. Both of those two, they figured it out. They figured out the equation make millions and tens of millions of dollars on YouTube and then just go do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It really is. But well, they're, I know. Them. they're definitely doing something right. I mean, they're working hard in some way. Yeah. We it should do we'll start, we'll start the uh, Makers Underground Boxing League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are we going to fight? Who, who should we fight? I don't know. <laughs> you know? We'll have to we'll have to do a matchup. They'll have to be a Tyler Bell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tyler versus Will. Tyler versus Will Stelter. Yeah. <laughs> oh Christ. Come on, uh, Tyler. I- Listen, I know you got it in you. Your way Ty- I know he listens to the yeah, podcast right. and I know he makes it all the way to the end. Tyler, Jesus. I'm gonna say it right now. Chris you are way man. too nice. You're way too nice and kind to not have a ton of pent up rage yeah. that you could just unload on somebody. <laughs> Him and Will. Tyler seems like a thumb wrestling type of guy. Yeah. But imagine if there was like no rules and Tyler could have like some crazy go-go gadget shit where he pulls out like an air actuated like potato cannon and yeah. just like knocks somebody's head off. You see the yeah. you see the freaking you see the, the cranberry sauce gun that he was making the other day? Yeah, I don't know. No, what I swear what? they keep making bombs in there. He's got blast shields, he's got detonators, he's got weapon he's got a lot of weapons going on. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna. I'm gonna alert the FBI because something. Do you going remember when that happened to uh, R.I.P. the the uh, what was his name? Uh, King of Random, the King of Random. Oh, yeah. that died. He got yeah. indicted in uh, in C- in Salt Lake City in Utah. He got thermite in his garage. Yeah, they were making thermite in his backyard, and the and the uh, the ATF raided his house. Yeah. And they thought he was going to get deported because he was a Canadian uh, Canadian citizen, like, living in Utah. And it's, like, it's so funny because, like, you make all this shit. I mean, look at the shit that the guy's stuff made here just made. He just made a baseball bat with a with a, a shell cartridge in it. If he went up to somebody and, like, hit him with it, yeah, you know, that's a deadly weapon, as, as deadly as could be. I don't know. You know, yeah. cut you in half with my bandsaw. Well, that's what it is. You don't think about it that you're putting all that shit on, online, you mm-hmm. know, and everybody has a little window into your world i always wondered that like with the shows like deadliest catch and all that shit oh yeah it's like oh shit could sit there and just write up you know violation after violation you yeah know? exactly 
Yeah, how do they not? Yeah, how about OSHA bothers you know people like me? How about they bother them? <laughs> those guys. How are the, <laughs> right? Everyone's dying. Like like I'll, I'll every year. Every year, it's like three guys die catching crab. Uh-huh. It's like, can we get a little yeah. more regulation yeah. on them yeah. and not like you know? I don't know. Well, I wonder if at a certain point, to avoid that, they're no longer like they're no longer fishermen. Fishing. Actors. Yeah, no, they're, well, probably, like they're, they're actually fishing, but they're not considered fishermen. They're, yeah, like, they change yeah. their business to the point where they're no longer bound by that kind of regulation, and they're just actors. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like I with the moon, it's like with the moonshiners thing, right? You know that show Moonshiners? Yeah. No, you never saw that where they like have these all these like hillbillies and they go out and like make moonshine. Oh, and it's like I don't know if they're actually like making legit moonshine. Or like what the deal is if they're just putting water through it and like pretending like it's moonshine. Well, or I don't TV, know. Right? Cause you can't be showing yeah. that's like showing you know. like making meth in your basement and then like, Hey, don't only, come in. Isn't the only illegal thing about making moonshine is actually selling it. Cause you could make alcohol in your home. You could like brew your own beer. Yeah. I, I guess so. making it, it's funny. It's like, yeah. I guess making it is fine, but just it's distributing of it. That's illegal. Yeah, I mean, it's like making a gun in your house, right? Like, Oh, yeah, that you can't do it at all. <laughs> no, I mean, you can make a firearm in your own house. You just have to register it and serialize it, you know? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like, just like um, I have a friend who's really into suppressors, and, you know, he was telling me, he's like, I can make a suppressor in my house, but when I'm done, I got to serialize it, and I got to apply for the permit, and I got to get the permit, and, you know, go through all that stuff. It's like... Remember you know. when I told you about that the oil filter ad on TikTok? Yeah. It turned yep. out to be suppressor. I saw more of those. Oh, that's a really popular thing, dude. But it's that's like, how is that not illegal? Thing. Like, how is that not shut down? Like, censored? You because if you register the the little spacer that converts the tip of the no, barrel, this, to this the- wasn't an oil can though. They were saying it's an oil filter. It was not an oil filter at all. It was one hundred percent a suppressor. Like it wasn't just an oil filter that you shoot a hole through and put yeah. the adapter on. This was like a full blown suppressor. Yeah, like it's oh. crazy. Like they you were trying to do literally a suppressor in a box. Like you could you could say that an axe is like really good at cutting people's hands off, but if you tell people and you advertise it for cutting down trees, if a bunch of people want to go and you know, chop. I'm wondering down. if it was like some type of like a sting operation where like you know the idiot that thinks he's going to buy this, like they're yeah. tracking him like that's how i always felt about buying partially completed ar parts and i know like a watch list after you buy one of those that's that's what i always thought it's like they're you know they find these guys that are gonna like you know do a terrorist act mm, they yeah. find these dudes when they're like 10 steps before they've even done anything they the yeah. fbi somehow like yeah. figures it out so i just can't imagine that like if you buy a 90 percent or yeah. 85% lower AR or a Glock. name popped up on somebody's screen. And, if yeah, and you mail it to your house and you use your credit card, unless you buy it from a dude at a gas station with cash and a fake mustache. Yeah. I just can't imagine how somebody doesn't know that you bought that. You know, they definitely do. They hundred. You know? I'm glad I bought mine at a gas station. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say, I don't, I, 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 I was going to say that I, I know you know, I have friends that have done uh, lowers and, you know, it's yeah. it's very popular and I've been asked a zillion times, um, but I don't won't touch anybody's like any firearm from any. Yeah, I would never. You know, that, um, what is, it's I, not, not worth it. 
I heard yeah. a story, and uh, and I know I've told both of you guys this story before about a guy who owned a motorcycle shop, and he modified his like somebody he was close with modified a gun for him. And the guy took the gun and brought it out to the range and was shooting at the range. And other people were asking him about the gun. And the guy's telling these other people, oh, yeah, you know, my cousin down in, at this store, this motorcycle shop, he did this for me. He made the, the barrel like this. Like, isn't it great? Two booths over was a dude from the ATF. Filed uh, an inquiry, raided the guy's shop, went away for, as a felon, lost his business, went to Jesus jail. Christ! And once you're a felon, you can't own a business anymore. This whole this guy's whole life is totally uprooted. And you know, if he didn't know what the part was, maybe he would have gotten through it in court. If he said, "Listen, the guy told me to cut the tube, so I cut the tube." But um, if he was fully aware of what he was doing, yeah, that's it. You're guilty. You know. Yeah. And ever since I heard that story, I was like, I, you know, I don't want to hear it. You know, if somebody says, yeah, oh, yeah. can you file this for me? And it looks like it comes from some part of a firearm. I'm like, absolutely not. Go find somebody else. Yeah. You know, that is until I get my gunsmithing license. <laughs> Make everything. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Well, we're going long. Yeah. So. Maybe All we'll right. Well. Up. Thank you guys all for listening to the handmade podcast episode number 22. If you have any input as to who should be in the maker fight league, drop <laughs> us a comment on Instagram at handmade podcast. Um, send us your matchups and you know, maybe if uh, COVID <laughs> disappears, we could start it. I know a really good dingy basement in East Durham, New York, actually come to think of it. We could use my property and the fights could be like a mortal combat scene in my dilapidated house with the building literally falling <laughs> down around you. Yeah. And the raccoons and the raccoons and the bears and the foxes. I think we're onto something here. Uh, you know what? Hold on one second before you go too far. Somebody keeps asking me, are we ever going to have a guest on the podcast? Yeah. Do we want oh, to yeah, we should. I'm wondering if we should do a guest, if we do a fight, a fighting guest a fight guest yeah yeah we could fight the guest because the person who keeps asking me i want to fight them but oh, yeah <laughs> well i have a couple of people that i have in mind as guests um yeah. and not and like obviously we have a lot of friends that we could have on but i think there are a lot of people in the community that have a lot of insight that maybe aren't as uh not that they're not public with their knowledge but um, I think that they, they are happy to share and maybe they don't have the reach. Um, so I feel mm. like th if, if our audiences could uh, benefit from their insight, I think it'd be good to have some of, uh, some yeah. of our friends on, uh -huh. you know, and maybe some people that are even less kind of related with the stuff that we do, um, and more just interesting people that have an interesting story. Yeah. Uh, I think we need to have Nicole Duke on though, before Bobby. Yes. Yeah, she's definitely more interesting. Oh, my God. Uh, I think we should have Jeff Fader's daughter on so we can learn what it's like <laughs> to live in the house. We should just have every person's, dad. like, family well, yeah, That's yeah. it. We'll, have we'll, just have Willie, we'll just have Willie instead of Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, like. Yeah, we'll, have of, we'll have one of Bob Daggett's kids. Yeah, yeah. like having your dad constantly making He's parts like, for D two for three and a half years. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh God! Well, thank oh, everybody. Thank you everybody one. from listening. Thank <laughs> you everyone from listening. Uh, go support some of our friends who are selling handmade products for the holidays. 
don't go buy stuff from uh from Walmart and uh and other and other big stores this holiday season. It's been hard on everyone to get through COVID running your small business. And if you can spend some of your money buying something from uh, someone else that makes things with their hands, it goes a lot farther and it means a lot more to people. So look around on Instagram, look around on YouTube and find somebody in your local neighborhood or online that you can support uh, in the holidays. We could all use a little bit of help because it's been hard on everyone's small business this year. So uh, go and do that. And we hope to see you soon on the next episode. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Chris Zepp. That's Paul Pinto and Derek from Alden's uh, sitting in the corner. Thank you. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.